0: Hello everyone, a trigger warning for this particular episode. It contains narrations of suicide, loss and grief. Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night from wherever you're listening to. I'm Anika Imbaiga, your host. Um welcome to another episode of Once Upon the Gutter. We are on season two, the second episode, and today we have a guest. Um our guest is someone I met through a friend, and I don't know, the first time we met, we went out for like a theater date because she's into drama and acting and all that, and I don't know, she's just a fun person to listen to. I did preempt this episode in the intro for season two, and I know most of you are looking forward to it. Um, Her name is Krista, but she'll tell you more about who she is and any other thing that she really wants people to listen to know about her. And before we get into the episode, if you are yet to subscribe, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcast, please do so. So you never miss on an episode. This is basically a podcast where we tell stories about the human spirit, um, an endearing or just an experience that we really went through and thought we'd never make it out of. But like here we are, it's once upon the gutter, it's now history to us.
1: Ah, uh, Krista, if you don't mind, kindly just go ahead. Hey, what's up? How 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 we doing? Um, so my name that's that's a beautiful introduction. First of all, um, <laughs> uh, my name is Krista. I am so many things. I am an entrepreneur, a communication specialist, a content creator, a voiceover artist, a podcaster, and. Yeah, a believer of Jesus Christ, <laughs> yes. That's a
0: lot of things that you do.
1: <laughs> um, thank you for bringing to be
0: a guest on this podcast. We really, really love stories that inspire or stories that just give um humans hope to know that, you know, we... We've all been there. We've all been through the gutter, mm. but here we are surviving. So, if you don't mind, I'll just let you tell your story in whatever form way you want to do it. Um, so the format is we don't like do uh, it's we don't use the interview format. You just like talk all the way, <laughs> and if I have questions, I'll ask them at the end.
1: Okay, so uh, thank you also inviting me. Um. I think when you asked me to be on this episode, the first thing that came to mind other than another story is my one week story where it was mid-September this year where I started getting panic attacks and anxiety, anxiety attacks. So this is the first time that I experienced such because I don't know. I know I believe in mental health, but somehow I was like, I'm a little bit immune to this. I mean, we we can conquer it. It's not something like to really put me down. But that one week was a really, really hard, tough week for me because I couldn't leave the bed. I was literally not able to breathe. I literally had to like, you know, Google some breathing exercises. Uh, my mind. My mind felt like... Oxygen was being squeezed out of it. And just to take you back to the reason is around July, I lost a really, 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 really close friend. Actually, we kind of were in a dating period when I was in my first year in campus degree level. And I lost him to to suicide. And it took me by shock because our last conversation that we had was I just asked him if he would like to rededicate his life to Christ because it's something that I had done recently and had seen it work for me because when we were in school together we went through depression stages because yeah our school the main campus (laughs) is in the Bundus and one tend to feel very isolated and very alone, especially in school when you don't have money or anything to do or you can't access the city easily. So personally, I was able to, like, leave on my last semester, but then he refused to leave and he just stayed. So that when when I left main campus and came to Nairobi campus, um, I won't mention the school, uh, that's when... I totally like I got some sort of freedom, and was able to to elevate from depression because now I got busy. I could see people. I could, I could literally breathe. You know that it's okay. But he was left there, and I guess it just took him. And the next thing I hear after us having that conversation, like to dedicate his life to Christ, is that the guy has committed suicide and he took his life on a Friday and he's on Tuesday that was a little bit traumatizing and uh, like I was sh- I um, and I remember I was told on the morning where I was going to, when I was going to worry, to marry a family member so uh, we were also grieving. So it was like double shock. And I remember me thinking and asking myself, "Where, how am I going to get through this? And instantly I put a barrier, like I didn't want to think of him or of the memories or anything that we did together, what we created together. And I guess I was in shock from July and that was mid July. And in August, the entire August, I was just in shock. And by shock, I mean, I never thought of him, like he would cross my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, so yeah, he's dead. So cool, let's continue with life. But then now mid-September, that's when, just morning, no, an, an evening, yeah, a midnight time. I remember breaking down terribly. I was all alone in the house. And I started by, I felt like no, I couldn't breathe, and it it was bad. I don't even know how to explain it because it's not something I've never experienced before. I remember calling some people, and they were not available, and only one person picked, and she, so she just helped me. Um, break it down to what exactly has led me to such anxiety and panic attacks. And that's when I came to a realization that I never moaned my friend because for sure, back in July, I never went for the mourning service and I never went for his burial. And mind you, I had so many things in my house that reminded me of him. I had some, some boots, like I really love them. I have them till now that he just gave me for free. I had some um, Marvins, Zdenine jacket. So there are quite a couple of things that I had, but I guess I just wasn't ready to like let him go. And so that week was so bad because I remember by the end of the week, it got so crazy. I just left the house and I found myself at Chiroma Hospital. I don't know what I was going to do in Chiromo Hospital. I just I just thought I'm going to go to that hospital and seek help because at this rate I feel like I I can't breathe. I can't go on with life. I can't I'm I, I couldn't shower, I couldn't leave the bed, I was such in a disorganized state, I couldn't do anything, leave alone cook or or as simple as text or make a call or receive a call, like speaking or such uh strenuous thing to do and so i found myself at chiromo hospital and i remember going to the reception desk and i was so down i was like i need to speak to someone and they just casually carelessly like told me just go to second floor get and they were like, Do you have an appointment? I was like, No, I just need to speak to someone now. And they're like, just call this number, or we can just book an appointment and then you come later tomorrow. You can leave your details. That made me even feel more worse because I just thought if I had someone to like talk to about would help. Anyway, I just took the number and called. And a therapist answered. And I just broke down then. and then. And I remember I was in the hospital, breaking down like a lunatic. But he helped me. I, his name a little bit, it's a Muslim name. But he helped me um, walk through and process. And I guess that's when I came back to my senses. I'm like, what? How did they even get here in the first place? At Chiromo Hospital all the way, um, in lovington yeah from a long thicker road that was that was crazy so i guess that's that's the time that i was really down and i can the story that i can give of once upon the gutter <laughs> yeah
0: oh my god that's like a bit heavy so like after you left chiromo after you spoke to yeah. um, the psychologist how did you cope or what did you do like after that helped you with the healing process
1: um i knew i had to heal and i had to let him go because i I couldn't continue living in such a traumatic state so what i did is first of all i came and journaled for the longest time i was not able to journal i was just a page and so I wrote I don't know if I should read it (laughs) um yeah yeah please
0: Uh, actually I have a segment I have a segment I've just introduced a segment for season two where if someone would like to like journal or write something to that Mm. version of themselves they're allowed to so please you could read it for us
1: all right so it's on 15th September I wrote, hey Don, you shouldn't have given up, you shouldn't, I was here for you, not only me, but you had many people around you. Why couldn't you have seen that? I feel like I should blame you, yet again, I find myself being in the same position as you, and I can't blame you, all I know is it is painful. I have and believe that letting you go doesn't mean I am forgetting you. I can't keep having the panic attacks and anxiety attacks. It took me a while before I could mourn you. I don't know how how to do this. It is hitting harder than ever daily. I went looking for help today, but I was messed up than ever. I was crying like a child, and I did not make to go to the Love Nairobi Festival. But I talked to someone and had a um, favorite I snacks, street food and I loved it. I want to intentionally walk this journey of grief. I want to work on myself and really move on. I am choosing not to quit. I don't blame you so. I am no longer mad at you. I choose to let you go. I won't wish anyone any more. I won't regret any more because I gave the best at that time, though I could have done more. But I was not in a capacity mentally to do so. I shouldn't have left you, though I was also dealing with a lot. Should I have denied myself more and be there for you? I don't know. I wish I granted you your last request to me. But I thought, thanks for the good time. Thank you so much. I learned a lot from you. I still do. You are in my heart, but I'm letting you go. Your memories will forever be alive in my heart, though I wouldn't allow them to put me down i still love you so yeah so that's what i wrote and then i decided to get all the photos that we've ever had the picnics that we had at the rocks um they're going out and just posted them on my instagram like as i let go and yeah it's still there till now um I guess after that I started healing slowly by slowly and I would remember him and not feel bad or blame myself for him taking his life because I remember listening to a podcast by Adele on grief and there's something that she said that choosing to heal does not mean I have to like forget him it's just that i have to accept that he's no longer with us and every time the memory of this year january he had visited me at my place and now he's no more i can't call him i can't text him. now when i think of that it's more of well i need to believe that he's in a better place and life has to move on it's not my fault it's not anyone's fault he made a decision, though he knew that we were there for him as much as, um, yeah. So yeah, so as much as he knew that, he still decided to make that decision, and I can't blame him because I've been in that position, and now if, I know now that I am out here doing adulting, I know why people are driven to like commit suicide or. Or in such mental state and i just think they need help and not blaming so oh, yeah that is so powerful especially
0: being a men's mental health month yeah i think a lot of people are quick to say oh you know you're a guy sujikaze too or i've Me. actually met people who say I'm to an to a but actually yeah. life Life can get you to a point where you're just like, oh my God, I do not want to do this because your head is screaming at you. The walls feel like they're fighting you. It feels like it's a constant, constant battle in your brain. And it's yeah. very, very important to like let people know there are so many, many, many avenues that um, people that are struggling with their mental health can access or they can look for. And there's so many people that are willing to offer help. So if someone mm. is at the verge of giving up, they shouldn't. Uh Krista, thank you so much for sharing uh, that particular journal with us. And there's something I've picked from the journal where part of you felt like, you know, you could have done more or it or it was your fault. Um if you're able to, could you like walk us through how you know, you felt like you could give more and you didn't or what is it that you feel like you could have done that you didn't do that could have prevented that situation not to say it's your fault it totally totally yeah. not your fault there's only yeah. so much you can do to support someone but what what is it that you felt like you know I could have done this and I didn't
1: I think when I left the main campus and came to Nairobi our uh, communication um grew distant and it's not that it was intentional for it to grow distant it's just that it happened that way but i should have reached out more just knowing the state at which he was in and which also i was in was in main campus but then i came out from main campus and so i think i should have just reached more and engaged him more on a conversation and visited him frequently because I feel like I I knew exactly what was going in his mind but I didn't think he sorry to say this he would get the strength to to actually go on with with the suicide because it takes a lot of strength for someone to do that so I guess I would have kept I would have kept um, communication intact and not and not let him drown at that point because recently we were having a conversation with a mutual friend and we were just talking about it and i remember her telling me that he knew that he had people around but you know how life happens and then adulting happens and we grow apart just because everyone maybe has gotten a job somewhere or internship whatever you and so you're left alone and and just that the thoughts, the negative thoughts now creep in and then they overwhelm you and you forget on the good things that happened in the past. I think now he was found at that point in that place, in that position where no one was reachable, not because they didn't care, but because life had just happened. So I think that's what I would have done different.
0: And that's, that's like such an awakening call because for most of us, life happens. You leave your friends behind, not because you want to, but because life has happened. And yeah. life happens for a majority of us. So it's, it's just such a wake-up call to be very, very intentional on how we check up on our friends and what we do. We can only do so much, but also the intentionality counts. Um, when I was doing the intro for this season... I really mm-hmm. talked about like forgiveness, but from an aspect of forgiving other people and how mm-hmm. hard that can be and what the process looks like. Because sometimes you question, um, am I just forgiving people because I'm afraid if I don't forgive them, they'll go and I'll have no one. But I'd like you to talk about like self-forgiveness, because from what you've said, you have forgiven yourself and mm-hmm. you have allowed yourself to heal and accept that. You could only do so much. So could you walk us through how that has been? You forgiving yourself and you accepting that, you know, as Krista, I really, really tried and there's nothing more I could have done at this point. There is something, but Mm -hmm. I'm accepting that I did my best and I forgive myself.
1: I believe the the self-talk is what has in every time that comes comes. of oh shoot man this guy's gone i'm like i did i did the very best that i could have done at that time at the capacity of which i had also for my mental state so i keep on reminding myself that hey krista you did the best hey krista there's nothing more that you could have done hey krista Be easy on yourself. Hey, Krista, you are also not okay. And with that, I found myself being less hard and less harsh on myself. And it has helped me. Even when I see his photo anywhere, I just smile because I remember all his, you know, traits that his love for film, what have you. Actually, last Saturday, we were at a graduation dinner. And I saw someone who looked like exactly, exactly like him. Okay, not not totally exa- exactly, but yeah, like I saw that person and I saw Don in him. He had the same shape that Don used to wear. He put his hair the same style that Don liked. How he he had dressed was the same way that Don would have dressed. He had a ring on his um <laughs> finger, like the small finger. He had sweaty palms and small hands, like dons. Like you would look at him, and he was like don. And the child told my friend I was like, "Who? I see a dawn in him." And for me to know that I'm, I am still in a journey of healing and forgiving myself is that it triggered me it triggered me and for like 20 minutes i was silent and quiet from an energy that i had given of excitement because it's graduation dinner what have you and i remember in that silence i was like it's okay you remember that you did your best that you could and it's okay and life will move on and there's nothing much that you did what you did at that time and i remember i gained strength and went and said hi to him and i just told him i'm just here to say hi because you remind me of someone who i lost to suicide but i just thought of saying hi because yeah you look amazing and all that so it reminded me so much of him um i talk to friends right now we talk i don't know if that's (laughs) healthy or not i just feel uh i should have or anyone else around me who gets to such position and such such point i have to be there for them in as much as i could um i can one of my mantras is in every moment in every spread best the very best that you can do that if you're taken back to that you I mean, couldn't have done anything better it's still a journey that i'm in of forgiving myself because that inner critic will always pop up will always come in but then how you manage that inner critic will determine whether you're going to heal fast or not again i'm really i'm trying to speak much about it I'm trying to speak much about it and and just you know talk it out so that people, or rather, just that my heart can heal every single time. So it's just a journey that I am in. I cannot say that I that I have arrived, but I know it's going to be as.
0: But finally, but, <laughs> yeah. Finally, the rider called. The session oh. ended. Anyway, we can pick up from where we left, and then I'll just match the two audios. Oh, nice. And you're telling me
1: about like how you felt after uh-huh. in the process mm-hmm.
0: of forgiveness.
1: Well, I was just saying that. I don't think. I think like it's a it's a continuous journey to forgiving myself because this is a scar that will always be there but I just need to know how to notify it to like a negative scar but a positive um, so yeah I had shared in the other audio more <clears throat> about it um, that's really really brave and I think it's really
0: important that you are healing and doing the work because when it comes to grief, some things can be very, very, very heavy. And I'm just proud of you, and I'm glad to see you, like, process it and get better. And actually, you're very strong for reaching out for help and just, like, walking yourself to a center to say, hey, listen, I need help, and I need it now. That is Mm -hmm. bravery at its best, and if more people do that, I don't know. And I think your story is very, very important, especially Mm being in Mental Health Month. And just basically because the rate of like mental health and how like intense or immense it can get are in the world right now. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Uh, I really, really, really appreciate your contribution and you accepting uh, my invitation. Uh, I know you're also a podcaster, so would you like to shout out your podcast?
1: Shout out to the Real Talk podcast, yes, on
0: Spotify. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. You should go and check out her podcast, and I hope you will invite me as a guest as well. Very <laughs> much. I have yeah. a lot to see. Thank you, thank you so much and um, I think I'll welcome you another season and you're always welcome to share whenever you can
1: Yay, thank you so much, this has been a therapeutic platform, so I am grateful that I'm going to share that out Yes
0: um, On today's segment of or so I thought, <laughs> it's something very interesting that I've learned over the past week. Um, I'm just like learning how to say no and things like that. And I just realized it's actually okay to like say no based on what you want and not always think about what the other person uh, will feel or say or do because you know, people pleasing or no. And So I'm just learning to say no by considering my feelings and not always having to think about what the other person will say or feel selfishly yes but I'm just unlearning saying yes to everything because I'm constantly thinking oh but how are they going to feel and how are they going to blah 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 I wish you a nice nice week and see you on the next episode bye